If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online. So any small business could be a driving force to create change or build an empire. We know old ideas aren't cutting it anymore. So we're calling for a new generation of thinking, your way of thinking. So whatever you have in mind that will help make a different future, find everything you need to get started at GoDaddy.com. Because the future isn't decided yet. It's up to us to make it happen. Start different at GoDaddy.com. This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa Cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa Cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Bibigo. Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 85 of Confessions of a Marketer, we're mastering LinkedIn marketing. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. LinkedIn ads expert AJ Wilcox is back to continue our chat with a focus today on LinkedIn. Makes sense. We'll get to that in just a moment. Next time, we have Victor Machado of Post and Wall in the hot seat to expand on a discussion we had last month on Google My Business. And soon, the great Joe Martin will be in to chat about using video and visuals in your marketing. And also, we have Mitch Duckler on differentiating your brand, Steve Rendazzo on experiences, and David Lemley joins me to talk about retail marketing and some stories about the early days marketing Starbucks. And there's lots more in store. Usually at this point in the show, I promo the Innovation Podcast. Still want you to head over to the innovationpodcast.co to give it a listen, but I'd also like to invite you to go to podcomedia.com. We started Podco Media Networks a couple of weeks ago, and we've got a couple of new podcasts already up and running. So take a look at them. Demystifying Data with Chris Clegg and My First Job with John Chang. You can get to both of them at podcomedia.com. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today. Okay, back to A.J. Wilcox. In the first part of our discussion, we discussed social media ads, a bit about Facebook and how LinkedIn has been developing its ad marketplace. This time, we look a bit deeper on LinkedIn and how he sets the expectations of clients using LinkedIn to nurture prospects and some trends he's following. We start with a discussion about how he talks with clients about targeting specific job titles and industries and the metrics he uses. So let's get to it. Well, most of the time when someone comes to me, they, they have a good idea of who their target customer is. They may know a job title or have some ideas of various job titles who are already their customers. And then we can go and start mining for data and finding other veins that we can chase. So for instance, most people would come to us and they say, we want to target the job title of, we'll call it like a civil engineer, let's say. Well, yeah, if we yeah. target job titles on LinkedIn, we know some things about that. We know that LinkedIn 
on the ads platform side, doesn't understand every single job title. In fact, I think they probably only understand about 40% because job title is a free form field. And we also know that a lot sure. of advertisers like to use that one because it makes logical sense. So because fewer people are able to be reached through that targeting method and there's more competition because people like to use it, we know costs are going to be higher through job title. And we might not be able to spend a whole lot of money because we're reaching only a subset of that audience versus we might say, well, hey, what if we reach that person through, let's say they have a civil engineering skill listed on their profile, or maybe they're a member of a group that has civil engineering in the title of the group. And maybe we can layer some kind of like manager and above seniority on top of that. Now we're reaching the same person ideally, and we can sure test that as lead quality is, is kind of being reported, but we may be paying a dollar or two less per click to hit someone by skill. So let's say lead quality goes down by you know uh, 3%, but our costs go down by 20%. All of a sudden, now I'm saying, mm -hmm. ooh, this made sense. Let's go and invest more in skill targeting, and let's pull back a little bit on job title targeting. And those are interesting metrics. Let's expand on cost per lead and all that. When you get a client coming in asking you for help, what's the first thing they want? And do you tell them, no, you should really focus on this? Because typically they would want cheap leads. But if you're getting bad leads, then they're not really cheap. Yes. Right. So, so, so how, how do you deal with that? Uh, how do you tell them, okay, you might spend a little bit more, a little bit less, but we want to get the quality. Yeah. Higher. There's always a balance there. I mean, when most clients come to us, inevitably they're going to say, we want closed deals. We want business. And we go, Ooh, okay. Uh, from an advertising perspective, we're still real far away from that. So let's, let me kind of level set your expectations on what to expect here. We're going to be targeting audiences with some kind of offer. And when I say offer, that could be something as simple as read this blog post. It could be something as heavy as uh, click here to talk to our sales rep to get a demo. Sure. But whatever that offer is, we're pushing that to an audience to get a response. We know that if we put out an ad, and this is what every company would, I'm sure, want to do, put out an ad that just says, click here to talk to our sales rep, get a demo, try a free trial, open up your wallet right now to buy something. Um, of course, the sales team would love leads like that, but those are very sales-ready kind of search leads. Social doesn't do very well because if you're on, let's say, on Facebook or on LinkedIn surfing around and you see an ad that says, click here to talk to a sales rep, you're going to go, nah, <laughs> not interested. So <laughs> if, if you don't click it, no one else is, those ads just kind of go away. LinkedIn says, ah, these aren't making yeah. us money. So what we'll, we'll tell the, the client is, sure, we can run that kind of ad during the first you know, couple weeks of the campaign here. But if LinkedIn shuts the ads off, we need a plan B. So then we start going a little bit further up the funnel. Well, what if we can say, here is some thought leadership of ours. You know, Come join this free webinar that we're putting on or attend a free in-person event or come and download this ebook or guide that we put together. And in exchange for that, of course, we're going to collect your personal information and we'll you know, look to start a conversation with you. But this is something interesting to you that's going to either solve a problem or satisfy a curiosity. And now we have an offer that people actually want to click on. And so it'll bring costs down, you'll get more volume. So then the question becomes, well, what is the, the client wants to see revenue? 
how are you going to walk them through kind of what to expect metric wise and how do you know if what you're doing is working or not well we know the number of times our ads are seen are called impressions and that tells us very little it just shows how many people saw it but most of the platforms only charge us when someone clicks so what's maybe more meaningful is okay how many clicks did we get and what was our click through rate the rate at which people click out of every time that it was seen and that engagement rate or click through rate what that tells us is how good our ad is at getting someone to take action or take notice but it doesn't tell us much past that. It just says how attractive the ad was. Then once you have enough clicks, you'll start to see conversions happening. The average conversion rate that we see on LinkedIn is somewhere between about a 12 to a 20% conversion rate. So mm-hmm. if you're asking someone to do something like come join our webinar, and let's say it has something like an 8% conversion rate, I would say, oh, there might be a problem. Maybe the subject of the webinar isn't very interesting, or maybe the landing page doesn't look very good or doesn't look trustworthy, something along those lines. But if conversion rate looks good, then we move to the next level. And the next level is what is a sales team or a company doing? with those leads after they get them. And oftentimes we might call that something like a marketing qualified lead. It looks good. Yep. It's not duplicate it's not a duplicate person that they've already talked to, you know, marketing qualified. You get enough of those and then you'll start to see them transitioning to a sales accepted lead or a sales qualified lead at a certain rate. So what we've been through here is all of these steps and and you know, you're advertising the whole time during month one, you're going to find conversions. Month two, oftentimes you're seeing these marketing qualified leads happen. Month three, you're starting to see them go into a sales qualified lead. And maybe by month four, you're starting to get data on sales. And if you've been advertising the whole time, if you've been doing proper A-B tests the whole time, now you know which audiences convert and which ones turn into proposals and which ones turn into closes. And once you know that, it's really easy to start turning the levers and saying, great, let's spend more on the areas where people are a better quality lead and where they're closing. And it's a perfect kind of environment to nurture potential customers, don't you think? I sure think so, especially with these large deal sizes. Those who work really well on LinkedIn, because the costs are higher, they tend to have maybe a more expensive product or a, a higher customer lifetime value. And so when you have these big deal sizes that happen, you know it usually takes a long period of time. Maybe these these big enterprise deals are taking a year or more to close. And so if you know who the people are who are actually making those decisions, and you know that there's a lot of money on the back end when you close this, it all of a sudden makes a lot of sense to be showing ads to, staying branded with, staying top of mind with exactly the right kind of person to make these decisions. So let's step back a little bit. What trends are you following for the next year or so that you think are going to happen? Well, pretty much everything on the LinkedIn side uh, that I'm waiting for are things that Facebook has already released and perfected and advertisers are, are flocking to. So I, I'm expecting that targeting is going to get better. I'm expecting that mm-hmm. reporting and and the data quality are, are going to get better. And more importantly, I think for me right now, is people are getting more and more excited about LinkedIn as a platform. The big advantage that Facebook has is they have a lot of users and they come back every day and they're, they're there multiple times a day. 
the average LinkedIn user, I'm assuming, is only on the platform two to three times a month. And so you know that if someone, if you can get someone to come back more often and uh, they're going to come and provide more value, they're going to, you know, more value to the network, you're going to be able to make some money off of them buying ads, things like that. And so I'm excited that really the whole world seems to be appreciating LinkedIn more, which means more and more people are going to come and spend time on the network. And ultimately, for me as an advertiser, the more people who are in the newsfeed using it, it creates more ad inventory and all else held equal. That's going to bring the costs down for me and my advertisers. So keep flocking to LinkedIn, keep making uh, more room (laughs) to bring my costs down. Yeah, it's the network effect too. The more people using a network, the more valuable that network becomes. Amen. Well, AJ, thanks for joining me and educating my listeners about social media advertising. This was a very valuable session. I really appreciate you joining me oh absolutely bring me back anytime all right next time victor machado on google my business so stay with us this episode of confessions of a marketer was written produced and edited by yours truly t jordan of a class productions wrote the theme music confessions of a marketer is a trademark of podco media networks and this episode is copyright 2019 i'm mark reed edwards see you next time you